Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 10 of Genesis chapter 7. And we're going to begin by reading verse 6. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And I'll stop reading there. Now we know because of God opening up the information that's in the Bible regarding the biblical calendar of history that We have a built-in calendar from creation all the way down through history so we can know the exact year when Noah was born. He was born in the year 5590 B.C. And we can know the exact year of his 600th year, which was 4990 B.C. And That's significant because God also gives us that uh, spiritual timeline of yet seven days, which he ties in with Judgment Day and and the statement of 2 Peter chapter 3, that one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And that information or that understanding that seven days represents 7,000 years would be useless unless we knew the year when the flood began. And by God's grace, it is grace, graciously opened up to us this information concerning the date for creation of 11,013 B.C. and the year of the flood occurring in 4990 B.C., exactly 6,023 years from creation. Now, that number is also significant. It's not random at all. It's not 5,842 or uh, 6,430, a number that that really lacks significance. 6,023 years is a number that first reaches the fullness of the thousand that's in view, 6,000 years, and then has 23 years added on for a tribulation period before the judgment. And that is a pattern we find in the Bible. For example, going from the same flood date of 4990 B.C. to the cross, the time when Jesus was hanging on the cross in 33 AD is a timeline of 5,023 calendar years. And again, 5,000, the number 5 in the Bible relates to atonement. So we go to the fullness of that number, 5,000, plus 23 calendar years as God in order to increase the possibilities for giving these kinds of timelines, can use actual years or calendar years. 
and and so 5,000 fullness of thousands of years plus 23 calendar years takes us right to the cross where the Lord Jesus Christ is demonstrating his atoning work from the foundation of the world. So there, again, fullness of thousands of years and the number 23. Or from creation in 11,013 B.C., that's when God created man, until the year 2011 is 13,023 years. That's actual years. And so we reach the fullness of 13,000. And the Bible connects the number 13 with the end of the world. And and 1988 was the 13,000th year of Earth's history. And then a 23-year tribulation brings us to Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, the 13,000th year of Earth's history. The very day, 7,000 years from the flood, and the equivalent date in the Hebrew calendar of the 17th day of the second month. But also, this date of 4990, if we go 7,023 calendar years from 4990 B.C., it takes us to the year 2033 A.D. The fullness of 7,000 years plus 23 calendar years. Now, this is interesting because we can see also from the flood, that's exactly the way God worked the timeline out from the flood to the cross. 5,000 pointing to the atonement plus 23 calendar years. But in this case, 7,000 pointing to perfection, followed by 23 calendar years, which takes us to 2033 A.D., which is a date we've been coming across more and more and seeing there is much evidence pointing to that date for the likely end of the world. Which means, which means, and and this is just something for us to think about, that when... The, the Bible gives us the timeline of yet seven days. It can have a dual meaning or a dual um, purpose. It, it, as far as the biblical calendar of history is concerned, first, the exact 7,000-year period takes us to the very day of judgment itself, the beginning point, and then secondly, Following the pattern of these other dates, we have 7,023 calendar years, and the calendar year portion can take us to the concluding um, time, the the end of the overall judgment period. Uh, For instance, when we look at the number 11, we look at the number 11 in the Bible and we realize um, that the Bible points to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, coming after 11,000 years of history. Now, this is uh, seen especially in the life of Joseph uh, when when uh, his 11 brothers bow down to him. Uh, Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob, 
Joseph, who dies at the age of 110, which is 10 times 11, and he's a great type of Christ. And there's other information in the Bible also, even a timeline that's given in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, it says in verse 2, there are 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. Now we have to look at this spiritually. Uh, we're looking at the 11 days spiritually as just like the yet seven days, one day is a thousand years. So, so basically in this verse spiritually, God is saying there are 11,000 years from Horeb, and Horeb was the place the law of God was given. And initially, originally, the first time God gave the law was in the Garden of Eden, concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat in the day you eat thereof, ye will surely die. That was the law of God. So the law was given at the beginning of the creation in the year 11,013 B.C. And, and, and so the, the uh, point from Horeb, by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea, which is the promised land. And, and it is the Messiah who will come that will lead the people of God into the promised land. And so, in a strong way, um, Kadesh Barnea identifies with the coming Messiah after 11,000 years of history, 11 days' journey. But when we go 11,000 years from 11,013 B.C., it does not take us directly to the birth of Christ. But it takes us to 13 B.C., and from 13 BC, we, we do have the option because, uh, God sometimes will give a tribulation period of 2300 days or six years and almost four months, uh, rather, or in addition to the 23 year great tribulation period. For instance, from 11,013 BC to 1988, to the point of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in 1994, there was 2,300 days. So that uh, from creation in 94 was 13,000 in six years and almost four months. From creation to the birth of Christ, 11,000 and 2,300 days. So the reason I went here is to show that we can have a time path that that is based on days, 11 days, 11,000 years, or 7 days, 7,000 years, that also can be modified with a tribulation number of 23 years or 2,300 evening mornings. It was 6 years and almost 4 months. And, and so we must consider that when God tells us, yet 7 days or yet 7,000 years, to the judgment, the final judgment of mankind, that's the spiritual teaching of what we read back in Genesis 7, verse 4, connected to Second Peter 3, what has to be considered is that the time path 
may be modified by 23 years. It, it may be modified by 23 actual years or 23 calendar years. And we find that when we use calendar years, it falls on a very significant year of 2033. 2033 AD is significant because it's exactly 2,000 years from the time Jesus went to the cross. That That is a major time path in itself from 33 AD until 2033 and even 2,000 years from the birth of Christ in 7 BC. It was a jubilee year that identifies with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that would occur 40 years later in 33 AD. We have 1994, a jubilee year, 40 years inclusively to 2033 A.D., when uh, maybe the next um, grand step in God's overall salvation program of equipping his people with new resurrected bodies. Well, that again, this is the evidence that needed to be mentioned. Okay, let's go back to Genesis 7. Verse 6, And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. The flood of waters, the Hebrew word translated flood, 3999, is found 13 times in the Old Testament. 12 of those times, it, it's, it's, um, seen in, in chapter, Genesis chapter 6 through 11. All describing the flood and then one time in the Psalms, uh, it, it mentions Jehovah sitteth, um, a king over the flood. But, but the word flood identifies with the historical flood that overcame the world. The word waters is a common word found throughout the Old Testament. And, uh, the, the word waters, for instance, is, is seen in Psalm 69. In Psalm 69, and the first two verses, it says, Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Now, Psalm 69 is a messianic psalm that, that, uh, reveals the Lord Jesus uh, suffering under the wrath of God. And there's no question of that. Just look at verse 21 of Psalm 69. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink, exactly as happened when Jesus was on the cross. And in this psalm, the first couple of verses, it, it speaks of waters come in unto the soul, and and deep waters, the floods overflow me. In verse 14 of the same psalm, it says, Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Here, the deep waters, the water flood, 
and the pit are all synonymous with being under the wrath of God or experiencing hell. Hell and the grave are, again, also the same thing in the Bible. It's experiencing the judgment of God for sin, which is what Christ did in paying for the sins of his people at the point of the world's foundation. And it's what he demonstrated to do when he went to the cross. And and he began the suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane all the way to the cross. It it, it was a tableau, um, a manifestation of uh, the actual payment for sin from from the point of the world's foundation. And, And so to be under the wrath of God, in other words is likened to having waters come in unto your soul to be in deep waters that overflow you. It's uh, also found in that kind of idea in Psalm 124, beginning in verse 2. If it had not been Jehovah who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Now, part of God's uh, wrath, the, the part of the suffering that Jesus experienced, was being turned over, delivered up into the hands of sinful men. And at their hands he suffered. And, and so here, the wicked, the enemies of God, are likened to waters that overwhelm, proud waters that go over the soul. We, we find um, even more similar language in Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, and starting in verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto Jehovah his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto Jehovah, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast, thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compass me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. And and again, uh, Jonah is a type of Christ. Jesus um, uh, confirms that when he says, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And and, and, and Jonah's experience is picturing what Christ would experience, and that's why we find the language of hell, out of the belly of hell cried I. And um, historically, it was a fact that Jonah was in the deep. He, he was in the depths of the sea. Water did compass him all about. 
literally, literally, um, because he was inside the whale. But it's a picture of the wrath of God. And so when we read in um, Genesis 7, in this verse 6 and throughout the flood account, concerning the waters, the waters that that um, fall with the rain, the waters that come up from beneath and fall from the heavens above, as God brought the earth in all probability into the path of a deep space cloud, rain cloud, that, and we see the tremendous deluge, the tremendous um, amount of water that that begins to fall on the earth and increase and and grow greater and greater and higher and higher until all of the world's highest mountains are covered 15 cubits upward higher than any mountain in all the world the water level finally settled and and all the earth if if we could see that world uh, as we are privileged to see the earth from uh, satellite cameras today and and we see the blue sections of water and and the land masses from the heavens above well if we had that kind of view looking on the earth of Noah's day after the flood had accomplished the work that that God had sent it forth to do it would have been all blue all the way around nothing but water all over the earth it would have been an incredible sight to behold and except for the not all blue there would have been one little speck one little uh, tiny speck of brown the the wood of the ark that would be floating above a, a portion of the ark would have been into the sea but the rest of it would have been floating on the surface of the flood. And it is that tremendous amount of water that was um, destroying everything in the world with the breath of life because it signified the wrath of God. The wrath of God which drowned all of the inhabitants of the earth outside of the ark. It drowned all of the animals that were on the face of the whole earth with the breath of life. And and the only um, things living with the breath of life were inside the ark. It, it was a, a historical parable, a historical picture, painting what God would do finally at the end of the world when he destroys the world and and God will destroy mankind he will destroy the animals and all of the creation that is seeing corruption due to the curse placed upon it as a result of man's rebellion and fall into sin and and everything comes under the wrath of God now one thing we we see, you know, uh, God has really uh, given us quite 
a blessing in providing this historical picture of what he has done already in our time at the end of the world by bringing judgment upon the sinful mankind. And that judgment began on May 21, 2011. So as we read of things regarding the flood, we should be learning of how it relates to the final judgment of the world. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.